not in Kansas anymore. You have my curiosity. Are you telling me you built a time machine? The force will be with Welcome back to Get Real, the podcast where we get real about all of our favourite pop culture movies and TV shows. My name is Sam. Welcome to our first recorded episode of 2021. And with me, as always, is the round of applause, drum roll please, our top co-host of 2020 himself, Chris. Welcome, thank you, thank you. Here's my award. Here's my award. Oh, thank you, thank you. I couldn't have done it without you, Sam. Oh, it's what a year 2020 was. What a year it was it's hard. Been. I'd like to thank Jesus. I'd like to thank my producers. I'd like to thank uh, my casting director that got me this role. Oh, you're welcome. Oh, you're welcome. The investors, Roos Luma. My say, God, I can't we say did you're it. Welcome for Jesus, but here we are. <laughs> we did it. Everybody always thanks Jesus. I just had to do. We've it. made it to our. This is year two, year two of a holy the get real holy. podcast. Or, or would this be year one if we're going like comic book rules? That would have been like year zero, and now it's year one. Years. Z- well, yeah, it would have been zero to one, I guess, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. here we are. What a what a time to be alive! And we're gonna spend this week's episode uh, recounting a year of ups and downs, mostly downs with a few ups. <laughs> um, yeah, we're well, gonna remember 2020. God. Do you remember when 2020 started the exact same way as 2021 in the UK in a lockdown? <laughs> Could you believe it? We're still in lockdown. Can can you? It's crazy. What a time! Like, do you remember when 2020 started and we had such high hopes for everything? America, uh, not America, Australia was on fire, but like the rest of the world was kind of okay. And then World War Three nearly happened, and then people tried to storm Area 51, and then corona and then we started 2021 and people tried to storm the capitol building in america uh we've had a new variant it's just been a real time hasn't it but we're here the shiny form of corona has come out we're here to brighten up your week with a bit of a bit of silliness and a bit of general malarkey really aren't we oh yeah we would say on this podcast a bit of general mcclunky is what we're doing (laughs) start 2021 out right damn right okay so i mean it's been a while it's been a while since we've spoken about uh what we've been watching um so we're going to keep this short and sweet uh what have you been watching this week chris okay I've been doing some watching, right? Oh, so, first of all, bloody, like... Bloody watching he's been oh, doing. Just a, doing a little bit of watching. Quickly, I want to run over the fact that uh, I started a new anime. Well, it's an old anime that I watched back when I was a teenager called Angel Beat. It's pretty damn good. I started to rewatch that the other night. Check it out. Uh, it's only a limited series as well. It's great. Um, then I watched Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Oh, okay, very cool. Finally got round to it. Yeah. I'll talk about that later, because that might be in one of my lists. (laughs) Um, What else did I watch? Ooh, last night. Right, okay, so we were meant to record the podcast yesterday, but we ended up delaying it a day, and I'm so glad that we did, because beforehand, I managed to watch The Lighthouse, finally. We said about a year ago that we were excited for it to come out in cinemas. It came out. We didn't see it. No, (laughs) I've still not seen it. I've created a list on Amazon Prime. And I've created a little notes with just loads of... And I've got so much stuff to watch. Like, oh, same. Yeah. My Netflix and Amazon lists are out the wazoo at the moment. But this was on Now TV, and I've got Now TV until the end of January. So nice. I watched it on there last night. Nice. Um, that This isn't on any of my lists, so I'll dive into it a little bit. 
I was, I wasn't disappointed or underwhelmed. I th- like everyone was preaching it as like the best film of twenty twenty and stuff like that, or like the best film of twenty nineteen. If you were in certain parts of America that go first, um, it's aesthetically amazing and bizarre and trippy, and the acting is phenomenal. But I don't think it's a film that I need to watch again. Okay, like I got. I got everything out of it first time round. I thought it was a great watch, um, but it's not something that I need to go back to anytime soon. Like, I don't. Yeah. I think there was plenty of better films this year, um, yeah, so it's film, not in my top five or anything. But it was phenomenally acted. Yeah, a film that sometimes you don't need to go back and watch, but you've just enjoyed it the f- one time round isn't necessarily a bad thing. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think the aesthetic work being in 4 by 3 and black and white really helped the narrative and the tone of the film. Um, I think it was too long. It didn't need to be that long for mm. what like the story was of it. Mm. Uh, uh, I th- like I said, it was phenomenally acted. Like, um, There's like a big monologue for um, Willem Dafoe at one point where he's like cursing robert patterson's character like like cursing him to neptune and shit like that and holy shit it goes on for so long but it's phenomenal it's one unbroken shot and you're just sort of like it's just a mad close-up on willem dafoe going absolutely ape shit it's amazing and then um robert patterson gets one later on as well and it's like bravo to the pair of them um but yeah it is I feel like I was a little bit disappointed because everybody overhyped it, I think was the thing. Um, I wasn't disappointed. Like I said, it was still a good film, but I don't need to go back and see it again. Like I've heard people being like, oh, I want to rewatch The Lighthouse. Or I want to rewatch The Lighthouse for the millionth time. I'm like, I could not watch it that many times. Yeah, no. Um, definitely. And then finally, I've started my MCU rewatch, finally. Oh, um, I've been saying it since before I moved in. So I've literally, just before we finished, rec- uh, just before we started recording this, I watched Iron Man. Oh, it felt good to go back to Iron Man because I haven't seen it in so long. And now that, like, end games happened, it's nice to go back to the beginning. Brushing After up a break. on your uh, Marvel movie trivia for round two, I believe, aren't you? <laughs> I probably should have started my rewatch like a couple <laughs> weeks ago. Guys, if you've not listened to our quiz episode yet, holy shit, that's an episode and a half. If we were going to do top five episodes of the year, that would definitely be in my top five. Is that not what we're here to talk about? I've got the wrong list. Oh, oh shit. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> I did nearly do that as a little side thing. I was like, oh, do I do top five episodes of the year? But then it's kind of subjective, like yeah. what my top five are and what your top five are. And it might well, inflate again. our egos a little bit as well, you know? Yeah. And it's hard to remember all the things we talked about. We've got, what, like, over 100 hours of content or something. Oh, yeah, it's... definitely, definitely. Maybe we've Oof. just got to do our favourite Get Real Gaming episodes. If you didn't know, we have another podcast, which is covered <laughs> by our two other best friends, Richard and Lawrence, called the Get Real Gaming Podcast. So a uh, quick heads up about that right up at the top of the episode for us. Uh, go check them Excellent. out. Excellent. Right, uh, uh, what what's watching? your... What's I've yeah. What have I been bloody watching, Chris? So I've been oh, watching quite a bit. I've been watching quite a lot. Um, so I've actually watched the entirety of a history of swear words on Netflix. Oh yeah, I watched that as well. I forgot. Oh man, <laughs> just Nick Cage's humor. It's like you know what he's 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 destined for greatness this year. I just think his his humor was spot on. I really. I think really it was a little it. bit forced at times with the writing until you could tell the bits where he just did what he wanted yeah. to do. 
I just and then it. you were like, yeah. I love the bits where he, you know, when they would do like the little history lesson bits and they mm-hmm. would like have like a little throwback in time. I love yeah. the bits where he was voicing people in that. It was yeah. just like so funny. <laughs> and yeah, a lot of interesting little facts there, to be honest, as well. Like there's yeah. a bit where they have the hand in a bucket of ice water and as the swearing, it actually helps them manage to keep the hand in there for longer versus if they weren't allowed to swear. So, yeah, so I, we I watched this and then we watched this all in one go because it's only short. It's only, what, five episodes and a half an hour? Yeah, if it's that. Long. Yeah. So you can watch it in one sitting easily. And then the day after, I was having a really stressful day with work. <laughs> so I literally just sat in the room and I was just reciting all the swear words from the show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was it's... just like shouting them at my laptop and I was like, okay, we're good now. <laughs> it was I felt better after it. Yeah, it's honestly a pretty good watch. Like, I was really pleasantly surprised by it, to be honest with you. I thought it was pretty good. Yeah. Uh, what else have I watched? I also have been continuing my watch on The Man in the High Castle. I'm enjoying Ooh. that. That's a nice little... Uh, I actually really, really recommend it, to be honest. Um, I think I told you a little bit about it, how it's set yeah. in a Nazi one world, Nazis one World War Two kind of thing. But it's not everything is as it seems. And I'm not going to say any more than that because it's getting... Mecha Hitler. It's getting, well, no, not quite, not quite a mecha but it is getting pretty, pretty spicy at the minute. Ooh. It's getting pretty spicy. Um, I'm quite excited for it, though. Yeah, I think that's, that's gonna... definitely going to be on my list for 2021. Yeah, definitely. Like, it's one of those things, you know, if it's not something that you mega into, give it a watch of the first episode. But it's just really interesting seeing that kind of world. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I've been continuing that. Uh, I watched Disney's Onward. Um, which was fine. Uh, that's the one that got released, I think, at the beginning of last, like uh, maybe halfway through last year, was it? Um, uh, yeah, it was just as first lockdown hit, wasn't it? So there's yeah. a whole thing. It got like shoved under the carpet in the cinemas almost, and we went out on Disney Plus quite yep. soon after. Yep, yep. So I watched that. That was fun. Uh, I watched Sorry to Bother You. Uh, which oh, is yeah. yeah you've you've probably seen it on netflix which mm-hmm. is um it's got actually a really like crazy cast in it it's got steven yun in it it's got tessa yeah. thompson in it uh, army hammers in it uh amari hadwick's in it who is um in power he's uh the, the lead uh, yeah lead guy in power uh, and lakeith stanfield it's just a bizarre film and Mm -hmm. not to spoil anything about this film but a film that takes you from a guy working in a call center to mutant horsemen uh just i don't know (laughs) it's just literally just crazy Um, yeah i've seen i've seen certain scenes from it yeah. Um, just on like people's breakdowns of like film of like 2018 or 2019 and stuff like that and people talking about the film in general and like i i heard this one bit about mutant horsemen i was like wait was i thinking about a different film <laughs> you honestly you get towards the end of the film and you're a bit like am i still watching the same film um <laughs> did somebody it, yeah. flick over the channel when i went to get a brew or something <laughs> yeah it's almost like someone like had a bit of an acid trip writing the script for it. Uh, very fun, very fun film. Uh, what else have I watched? I've actually, like I said, I've watched a lot this week. Um, so I've watched uh, that history swear was Man in the High Castle. Sorry to bother you. Onward. Uh, I watched Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part Two last night. 
Um, but I can't tell. I've not watched any of the others apart from. You've probably, not. N- no, no. You never watched them. No, I have watched them, but years ago. So oh, I'm okay. watching. I'm watching uh, the Deathly Hallows Part Two, which is the final film in the franchise. And yep. explain like getting my girlfriend to explain to me who everyone is and why is this happening. And as you can probably imagine, it's the wrong <laughs> film to be. It's like going into the Rise of Skywalker and then having to explain everything to someone. I was about to say like that's such a weird like role reversal because normally like your girlfriend will come to, you know, with us to see like a star wars film or a marvel film or a dc film and you're normally the one doing the explaining so that must have been like a weird situation where we're like emily what's going on <laughs> yeah it was very much a role reversal very very much so uh but no that was good I, and i think what it's kind of made me want to do is because i've got a lot of free time coming up over the next like month <laughs> and a bit uh, i'm probably maybe gonna watch it because i've got now tv like you um, yeah. And I think I might just watch them through uh, and just get, you know, just, just get myself clued up on the Harry Potter verse. And then the final thing I watched is something that I watched today, uh, which lives as an honourable mention in our top and worst five of the year. Uh, I watched The Sound of Metal with Riz Ahmed today. <gasps> oh, I keep uh, seeing everybody talking about this now that it's the end of the year. And yeah. I wanted to see it so bad. Was it good? Yes, it's. Um, I got. I actually started watching it, and then I paused it about ten minutes in, and then I said to my girlfriend, "Oh, you'll probably enjoy this, so we'll we'll watch it together." Um, and I said to her, "It's very much Place Beyond the Pines." And then I didn't realize okay. it was the same director who did the Place Beyond the Pines as well. Ah, okay. So no wonder I got that feeling from it. Uh, yes, very good, very 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 good film, and I'm better not saying anything about it because okay. I would just say, if you're into all that sort of stuff, Blue Valentine, Place Beyond the Pines, that kind of vibe of film, uh, very much a good watch. Uh, yeah, check it out. You Riz just Ahmed. named some of my favourite films. <laughs> yeah, Riz Ahmed is um, superb, isn't it? It's so good. Um, Excellent. Yeah, very, very good film. And that's it. That's me, uh, what I've been watching. Uh, yeah, I'm, nice. I'm assuming there's a little bit of news to go through before we get there into There is a little the... bit of news. Get into the uh, the bones and the meat of the episode, eh? So, yes, um, I'll fly through some other stuff, and then like there's like a topic that I want to talk to you a little bit about, which we mentioned before we started recording. Mm-hmm. So, uh, quick quick fire blast, a bit of news: Tessa Thompson's confirmed that she's heading to Australia to start production on Thor: Love and Thunder next week. Valkyrie's um, back, baby! <laughs> but that means we've got it confirmed that they are starting production. Um, even throughout all the COVID and all that shenanigans. But they're going to Australia, and Australia and um, New Zealand are pretty sound with it. Yeah. They've managed it. New Zealand have announced that they've got rid of Rona again. So, Rona free. And yet again. we're going into lockdown 7.0. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. Other than that, um, One Division has been confirmed that it's now gone from eight episodes to nine episodes, and on the fifteenth, so this week, I can't fucking wait. They're dropping the first two episodes on Friday. Oh, we get two hours of One Division straight off the bat. I hope it's hour-long episodes and not half-hour episodes. I, I don't think yeah. about that when I said uh, that. Then. Maybe it'll be like a Mando thing where it starts off with one episode that's an hour, and then. Maybe the rest Maybe. comes in at like half an hour. But again, I won't mind. Uh, I'm pretty excited for it. Um, I had something else. Uh, I think it's disappeared. Or I've just forgotten what it is. Oh, I took a screenshot of it. Batman news. DC and DCEU news. Okay, let me grab this Batman screenshot news. so I can... 
Batman's news. The Batman. Oh, well, it's Batman and the Batman. So Batman. apparently, I'm, I'm not sure how 100% this is, but I've seen it reported in quite a few places. Man-Bat. Um, Man-Bat. So it was confirmed by Brooks Barnes, um, the person who interviewed the president of Warner Brothers. So apparently this has come from like the head of Warner Brothers. Um, apparently, there will be two distinct sagas of Batman happening at the same time. There'll be the Michael Keaton is replacing Ben Affleck in the DCEU. Okay. So not just apparently in the Flashpoint film, he might be coming back for more. Jeez. Which I never thought I'd see the day. Um, and then also Robert Pattinson's or Robert Battenbat's um, Batman is going to be on Earth 2. So maybe we might see a crossover in the future if they're now saying like this is Earth Two. They're giving uh, this reality a name. It's not just like it's not just like the Joker off to the side. Like they're giving this universe like Earth Two's name. Yeah. Maybe. Are we going to see this appear in like the Flash or something like that? Yeah. Whether it's quickly or or a that's, Batman into the Batverse that's film what I was or something. Say he's probably going to show up here anywhere. He's probably going to show up in the Flash film. Yeah. Um, I'd say it was a so, safe bet. Yeah, I'd say it yeah, was a safe bet. Even if it's just like a little flash of like, oh, there's Batterson um, type yeah. thing. Batterson? Batterson, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, so, okay, so the last one that I wanted to talk about was Wonder Woman 1984's reviews. So we had a quick like conversation about this before the episode because I told you I wanted mm. to talk about it and mm. we looked into mm. it a little bit. Mm. So when we reviewed it, we were quite positive on it, and I've seen plenty of other people that were quite positive on it. I and when, a, well, I mean, just to just to clarify, I had a fair bit of criticism on it, to be honest. Yeah, as well. but I was still but fair it, about it. Yeah, it was it, it was warranted criticism, but we still gave it a positive review. Like it was over five out of ten. Um, we gave it a decent score. We thought it was good. It had a few shortcomings, uh, but. Nothing major that made us think, oh, that's a crap film. Like, I think we both said that we preferred it over Birds of Prey, didn't we? Yeah. Um, so th- that'll come into this. So when the embargo dropped on, I think it was the 16th of December. Uh, no, the film came out on the 16th of December. I think it was like the 14th or the 15th. When the embargo dropped, um, it had a really positive review. It was certified fresh. It was, uh, what was it, 89% or something to begin with on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, and then remember. since then, so that was the embargo for the early reviews, but they didn't let as many critics and stuff see it before the embargo to have their reviews ready, okay. which is strange for a film like this. Um, but then... In between that and the digital release, so you had the cinema release in certain parts of the world and stuff, we got to see it on the 16th. Um, the reviews stayed mostly positive, and then as soon as it hit cinema releases, also HBO Max like said that um, I think it was like 90% of their um, subscribers watched it on Christmas Day, or within the first two days of Christmas when it came out. Which is nuts that, like, the vast majority... It was like when um, Birdcage came out on Christmas Day. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we started to see the uh, the trend of reviews going down. 
and then since then it's snowboard and the reviews are getting worse and worse so it is now at so it got certified fresh from the early reviews and stuff like that and rotten tomatoes they only give it certified fresh if they don't think it's going to fall below a fresh rating um they normally like look at the top trending critics and stuff like that and the people that they give more weight behind their reviews and stuff like that and figure out what they're saying and then they'll give it the certified fresh if they don't think it's ever going to drop below fresh mm-hmm. so that's what it was and then i think it was just at the end of the year so coming up to new year it actually dropped below fresh so the tomato meter now um for the critic score is 59 percent, and the audience score has dropped to 74 percent Mm-hmm. which is nuts. Like I said, it was at, what, like 89? It was in the 80s um, mm-hmm. when we saw it. Now, this is interesting because... Um, oh, I'm blanking on his name. Dan Murrell, you know, from... Uh, he was on Screen Rant, and he's been on Collider and Looper and stuff like that. Okay, yeah. Uh, he does all the reviews. You've probably seen him on Schmodown and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like, he's mega clued up on all films, and he is a, a YouTube film reviewer and stuff like that. He went into a breakdown. He literally went through everybody that had reviewed it on Rotten Tomatoes, seen how they had rated other DC films, how they had rated other female-led action films, um, what their overall reviews for most films were and stuff like that, to see whether they like trended in the positive, negative, whether they were balanced and stuff like that, and then also got the demographic of male-to-female reviews and stuff like that as well. And it was it was quite weird because everyone seemed quite balanced on their reviews that were reviewing this film, but, like, the ones that tend to, like, trend slightly negative or neutral um, gave it better reviews beforehand, which is strange. And then we've noticed a trend, like, as people are hearing that it's bad, the reviews are getting worse. So this leads me into, like, a thought process of does having a preconceived notion of a film before you go see a film influence how you like the film? Oh, and I think we've seen very, this with very good point. That's a I very think good we point. saw this with like the Last Jedi and stuff like that. It's like people tell you that you can't like this film going into it. So if you're late to the party on some of these films, then you go into it with a bad, um, bad mindset. We saw that with the only other film I think that uh, it had anything like this was uh, Batman versus Superman as well. So do you reckon this is on the flip side? Sorry, that people went in with a really positive thing of the film no then... no so um by the time most people had seen it the reviews were already starting to trend downwards so people then like the louder voices and most of the headlines like before it came out they were all positive if somebody was like pretty neutral on the film they tend to give it a fresh review um on rotten tomatoes they were tending for the positive like because you can only give it fresh or rotten there's no scale Uh, It's like binary, is it good, is it not good? So if they were kind of like on the fence about it, they would give it a positive review. And now they're tending to give it the negative review, If even if they thought like it was a decent film, but it wasn't much to shout home about, they'll give it a negative review now. So reviews started to trend downwards, and now then that's when most people started to watch it. So people are going into it with a negative review, in their minds, and then they're giving it a negative review afterwards. But what do what do you think about the like the whole thing? Of, but I don't think that was what happened. I don't. But anyway, should we talk about this when we get into our top our top five and and bottom five? Because I feel like we're going to probably discuss that a little bit more when it comes round to it. I think okay. keep, keep that keep that in your mind, and we will yeah. come back to that. Um, 
so you think that people that went into the film with a negative thing are, are the ones that have gave it the negative reviews now is that what you're saying uh, uh, that's that's like a conversation i wanted to have was do we think that people like because i have a preconceived think... notion of a film going into it because most of the people I, I... that went into it blind gave it a good review and it's only once negative well, reviews have come out i don't think anybody really had a i don't think there was a majority of people who had a negative opinion on this film going in i think a lot of people were quite positive on this film going in and well, I think it's kind of the flip of what you said about The Last Jedi. Because I think with The Last Jedi, I think people watched it and then felt really negative about it afterwards, straight away. So it was a, it was a, it was, well, no, it was, I think people were a bit torn on it because of decisions and stuff that were going to be made. So that when it came out, people were a bit like, no, no, no. Where I feel like when this has come out, people were positive on the reviews, as you said, and then people have had time to kind of think about it now, and then the negative reviews are coming out because it was it was about like that with the Last Jedi. You had really negative reviews at first, then you had a couple of positive reviews start to come in, and you had the people that come out that really supported it. Where I feel now it's probably the flip side of the Last Jedi, where it was it was. I don't. I don't think people were negative going into this film. I was really positive going into. No, it. um, yeah, but we got to see it much earlier than most of the world. Most people had to wait until Christmas Day, so that's what I'm saying. The people that went in, uh, what I'm talking about is like critics' reviews of the film before you go see a film. Like if you go into a film and everybody's told you that it's going to be shit, you're going to go in there with a negative outlook on the film, so you're going to see the negatives a lot more. Whereas if somebody gives you like a positive like review of a film going into it before you see it then you'll be seeing all the positives in it that's what i'm saying so this Let's... the people that saw it blind with no reviews at the beginning like uh, like we did and like the people that posted their reviews on embargo day they had nothing influencing what they thought and they gave it a positive review and then, let's, uh, and then after let... that, we got the first wave of people seeing it, giving it negative reviews, and then that's when the majority of people watched it. After that, okay, that's... well, let's talk about. It's this. all about timings. Let's talk about this in our in our main topic. So, in terms of our main topic, do you want to go worst, then best, then honorable mentions? Yeah, sounds good to me. Because I feel like there's. I don't know. I feel like I was about to say there's not much. Doesn't matter. I was going to say something else. Um, <laughs> I think we've kind of tried to keep TVs out of it because I would probably questionably say it's been a better year for TV than what it has been for films this year. Oh, I, I think it definitely has because they had less interruptions. Like, yeah. obviously, the serials and stuff like that and, like, um, ones that film, like, a couple weeks before launch um things they that were, struggled things were, but were limited kind of... series and netflix series and like streaming services they were pretty much uninterrupted well these were things that would have released on disney plus etc regardless anyway exactly right, so that's what i'm saying so yeah, yeah. yeah i think it was definitely a better year for tv and streaming because they had less interruptions mm-hmm. um so, so a lot less got pushed back didn't it whereas in 2020 for films everything got pushed back so do you want to do my list, your list, or vice versa uh, for worst and then we go best? And then if we have the same thing on the list, we just talk about it there rather than talking about it twice? Yeah. Cool. Okay. Well, I'll kick off with uh, I'll kick off with my not best 
and then <laughs> if you've got something on it, you can say that you've got it on it, and then we can both talk about it there. And then it saves us having to kind of retread old ground then, I guess, doesn't it? So, yeah. Right, okay. In no particular order, and also I just want to give a really quick uh, caveat to my list. Uh, my list isn't necessarily the worst films of 2020, um, but they were just not the best five. So, yeah. If I've gone for the worst films that I've seen okay. this year. Well, you probably won't have all my all my films on your list then. <laughs> I've got a feeling, yeah. I've, mine are a bit of a mix of disappointment slash these should have been better kind of thing. Um, because I've not... It sounds silly, but I've not purposely watched anything that's trash this year. Uh, it yeah. sounds daft, but if I've, see, if I've heard something's not very good... I've kept away from it. Um, That's what I try to do. And then some things that I didn't hear anything about and they've come out and I've watched them and they've ended up being trash. Then I'm like, yeah, wasting yeah, my yeah. time with that one. <laughs> but I mean, there, there are a few on my list that I've not watched, but just based off what I've heard and what you've said and, and stuff like that, I feel like they probably deserve to be in my list. So okay. anyway, I've, uh, I've only gone with things that I've watched as well. Cause I didn't want other people's opinions coming into it. No, when I don't have. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. I get that. That's fine. I'm just taking a, an absolute fucking yeah. one for the team, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay. You, well, you're going for the scandalous. So, my most controversial choice in this list, so we can continue talking about it, is okay. Wonder Woman 1984. I thought it might be with you saying that, yeah. Now, we spoke a bit about my criticisms of Wonder Woman 1984, and in no way do I think it's a... It's not a bad film. It's not a rotten film, is that what you're saying? However, (laughs) it is certainly not the first Wonder Woman film. It is absolutely not the first Wonder Woman film. And to me, there was a lot riding on this film for this year because it was one of my most anticipated films of, of the year. And I was super excited for it. So I was going in extremely positive about the film. And this is so that we can carry on talking about what you were talking about before. Mm -hmm. I was feeling extremely positive. I couldn't wait to get into the cinema and watch it. And bear in mind, this was the first thing that I'd gone in and seen in the cinema since Tenet. So Yeah. yeah, a while I'd waited for it. And I just felt like, I felt really deflated after it. I didn't feel like, you know what, I'd would I watch it again? I'm like, you know what? I didn't have that rewatchability thing where I sometimes come out of a film and thought, wow, that was awesome. I want to watch it again. Like, for example, last year, 1917, that kind of thing where it was like, yeah, you know, that was wicked and I want to see it again. I just didn't have that. And for me, it should have had that because it should have been the first Wonder Woman film and it should have built on that and been better than that. Not better, but it should have at least matched the energy of it and at least matched the rewatchability of it for me. And for me going in really, you know, no reviews, you know, like we're saying that we know people mm-hmm. have given it negative reviews, uh, none of that. And I came out and I did feel real. like I know I was I know I probably wasn't as negative in our episode about it. But man, like when I think back to the film and I cared more about Maxwell Lord's arc and the most memorable thing from it is the life can be better thing is like <laughs> life is good 
but it can get well, can be that's the only memeable moment of the film that's, that's why that's the most well, memorable I know, but, that, but that is also like one of the most memorable things in the whole film from it even if it wasn't memeable and it's like, See, like, but when the memes started coming out and they didn't have the subtitles on, I couldn't remember what he said in that moment. But like, I understood the reference. And I was like, okay. And then, like, as soon as I figured it out, I was like, okay, these memes are so much funnier now that I remember what he says. But for me, that's not massively emotionally attached to this character in a way where, you know, I'm not, I'm not emotionally attached to Wonder Woman in any kind of way. Like, you know, I, I watched the first Wonder Woman film and I thought that was awesome. And I was like, you know what? Yeah, very cool. I don't have, you know, I don't read the comics. I don't, I haven't watched the animated series or anything like that from years ago. I've just watched it purely as the films. Mm -hmm. And it just, it didn't do it for me. And I think it belongs in this list for me, not as a worst film, but obviously not in the best. Um, but just because it disappointment, it, it was disappointing and it didn't match the expectations that I had for it. And this is, yeah. uh, sorry, just to put in, this also ties into something else that I've been really thinking about lately. And I've got a feeling we're going to think about this for most of the delayed films because we are overhyping them in our heads, because we haven't had this like dopamine hit of the summer blockbusters that we've all had for like the last few years. Marvel have been churning them out every year. Like we've had like these exciting tentpole films and 2020, they were all delayed. So they've been become so overhyped in our heads. Like my worry is that I'm going to really like dislike the next Bond film when it comes out. Or I keep thinking the worst one for me, I keep thinking that Wonder Woman, uh, not Wonder Woman, uh, Black Widow is going to be like it, a lot of negative reviews because it's been delayed i think it's going to be on par with most of the um mcu films and because it's one like is what the second female-led uh mcu film and it's wonder woman she was the original female character from the uh, mcu in terms of like heroes it should be an amazing film and even if like it's the same as the mcu films i think it might not get as high a review because people have overhyped it People have been not, waiting for a it, year. But like I say, it's it's if this film had came out in a mix of blockbusters, would I still feel the same way about it? I, oh no, I, yeah. I'm not saying that. I, I'm just saying like because I even noticed like Tenet came out. If Tenet came out like a few years ago, like in like a normal screening year, I think a lot of people a lot of people would have been a lot more positive. I've seen people being like, "Yeah, it was fine," but eh. Whereas like. I, th I feel like people are being wrong at the negative to films coming out this year um, because they're just sort of sat at home waiting for like the next Netflix series and stuff like that. And because there's not as many films coming out, it's like more of an even bigger event when one does that like the film isn't meet, uh, reaching the hype of I've not been to the cinema in six months. I'm going to go see Tenet now. And then people left it confused. So... I feel like this year, like the films that have still come out or the films that will come out next year that got delayed, I think it's going to hurt them more than anything else. Like, I think people have overhyped things in lockdown in their own heads because yeah. it's just anticipation. That's what it is. It's like you're so excited for something to happen that it can't possibly live up to people's expectations. I, I think that's well, the I biggest thing with the star wars sequels people were so excited to finally get new star wars films and then because it wasn't what every single fan wanted it's like Wah. i get it but wonder woman 
should have met that hype. It should have. It should have done it. There isn't... This film had the perfect... It it had the... um, It had the formula there. It had it. You know what I mean? It should have met that... And this is where I'm like, you know what? I'd, I'd excuse it because it's Wonder Woman and because the first one was so good and everything the character's doing and what it means for people and I understand all that and you know the female led female directed understandably get all of that but it to me it doesn't excuse a film that is just generally generally speaking just boring and to me it was like I don't think I'd watch it back and I know there's a lot of big moments in it and I know there's a lot of what the film stands for in terms of its message it's absolutely fine but it just doesn't feel focused. It just doesn't feel as as streamlined. It just doesn't it it misses it misses the it misses the mark on a lot of parts of this film. And for it being what it is, I can't excuse it because it, it shouldn't have missed it. You you get what I mean? Do you get what I'm trying to say? Yeah, like, yeah. No, yeah. I definitely I think this film did have quite a few shortcomings and it was sloppy in places. Like yeah. we spoke about, like the pacing was kind of all over the place. Some things just kind of happened, and like you said, like it felt like Max became too much of the lead character in this. We followed him more than we did. Like we followed him and Barbara more than we did Wonder Woman most of the time. Yeah. Um, and it, it was sloppy and all over, uh, like all over the place in parts. I think it was still a positive film. I think I would still rate it highly. But uh, again, like like I said. And I, in our review the other week, we both agreed there was definitely shortcomings that it had. It's not as good as the first one. I like the ways it broke the formula in certain ways, but also, yeah, uh, it, de- it definitely it wasn't like it wasn't perfect, and it was slightly disappointing after like the first one. Um, so I can understand why you've put it on like a top five, like not the best films. Um, yeah, I, I as think, opposed to I, it, it wouldn't yeah. it wouldn't be on the bottom five worst films no of no the year. absolutely um, not. absolutely it, not. but it it but, is it is sort of like a missed expectation but yeah i should have came out feeling a lot more positive about the film after it and i think that's yeah. why it kind of lives in that you know what i might go back and rewatch it in however many See, weeks months or whatever and you know what i might look at it differently but you know maybe maybe but it's this not this for like, me like I'm still positive on it, but I understand there's a lot of shortcomings. And But I just keep hearing people beating down this film, and it's kind of, like, tarnishing it for me a little bit. And I'm like, yeah, okay, like, if you don't like it, you don't like it, that's fair enough. But then, like, I'm seeing a lot of people online just there, like, you guys were definitely watching a different movie from me. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, mm, mm. Um, well, yeah, I think, uh, it, it, we'll it definitely have... wasn't what it could have been. And I understand why it's a disappointment. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, next on my list is Mulan is on there. Now, Mulan goes on there purely because of the absolute goals on paying that much to see it as a preview on Disney+. Plus. And <laughs> I, part of the film I thought was really good, uh, but I thought it was, um, one, it was... I don't know. The, the, act, the second act or the third act of the film, the final act, was just pants yeah absolutely forgettable uh, and also the bit of the controversy that came out afterwards was a little bit bit, bit a little mm-hmm. bit shady you know and uh 
Uh, but for me, it was more of the fact that, you know, if you paid to watch this on a premiere, then, uh, yeah, yikes. <laughs> yeah, I when I was making my list, I was trying to decide whether I go, do I go with the disappointed route or do I go with, like, what are the worst things I've seen this year? And I did genuinely think about putting Mulan on the list because, like you said, it was disappointing. Yeah. I think go back and watch the animated version. It's better. 100%. It just is. Um, yeah. The final fight was so anticlimactic. Like... It it missed the mark on a lot of things. I, I love the production design. I loved like lots of aspects about it. And like you said, like maybe like the first act and like most of the second act were were fine. Like and the spectacle was there and everything, and it looked great. And the fighting styles were so accurate and everything like this. Mm. Um, but then the final act just let it down completely. It and probably... we said this in our review. It just left us just like meh. Yeah, it probably needed to be watched in a cinema as well. Like just the fact that it was, uh, yeah, I don't know. It would just, it just missed the mark for me again this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else? So then I've got another one that I've watched, and the other two I haven't watched, but probably live on the list. <laughs> the one that I did watch that was just honestly the film was garbage. Uh, Project Power. That goes on there. Uh, Netflix, Jamie Foxx. Uh, it's got that Just cameo. Gordon Levitt. Yeah, it's got that bloody cameo from Casey Neistat. In it. Uh, it's, it's from Spawn, honestly. It's from Spawn. Uh, yeah. <laughs> honestly, I've seen it. I've seen it. That Spawn film came out, right? It's shooting, isn't it? Casey Neistat's in it. That was uh, that, That's a throwback somewhere there <laughs> to an old, old episode. Um, yeah, that was just honestly garbage that i watched um i'm assuming none of these have been on your list yet which is no not yet okay the, one of these may have been uh the next one i've got is monster hunter um it the fact a film like this um misses the mark and also gets removed from chinese theaters probably belongs on the list um it's the it's the cyberpunk of films is that what you're saying it is a little <laughs> bit of the cyberpunk of films it you know what based on what the monsters looked like this could have been good um well, yeah the cgi yeah. looks great it looks better than what the iron mask is it <laughs> well yeah but it does it that's right it does the one thing that these kinds of films shouldn't do and tries to link it in with reality in a way that's just a bit odd. Um, See that—that's yeah. going to tie back into like one of my honorable mentions um, later on. Yeah, but I fully agree. Like, and Monster and Hunter. There's, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. But it's just done in the wrong way in this film. Yeah. Plus, that racist joke was pretty bad. So yeah, like think about your target audience. Yeah, Jesus, like Monster Hunter is such an Eastern franchise. Like it's one of the biggest franchises in Japan. I know we're talking about the Chinese market, but like, like Asian culture. Like if you offend like one of them, like normally the jokes are that broad that you're going to offend a lot of them. Like Jesus, have some like decorum about yourselves. Don't you have <laughs> test audiences for this kind of thing? <laughs> maybe you should have got one of the like you know the asian actors that are in the film did they not maybe like raise an eyebrow at that (laughs) yeah that was a bit uh yeah a bit sketchy wow Uh, and then the final one on my list is just because we were waiting for years and years and years and years it came out it had a new edit it had reshoots and you know what i've still not watched it because it sounds like it wasn't very good and I think you said the same thing, that it kind of didn't meet your expectations and you still felt it was a little bit flat, the New Mutants. 
because that'll oh, go Oh, I haven't even watched it yet. Oh, right, okay. Well, that pretty much says it all. <laughs> I completely forgot that would have been on my list, like, yeah. if I was doing that. Yeah. Oh, I saw it in Asda the other day for Dead Cheap on DVD, not even Blu-ray, and I was like... Yeah. I was like, do I pick it up just to watch it? And I'm like, no. nah, I'll, I'll, I think it's on like, I think it's on a streaming service for free. I'll watch it for free. Yeah, like, I wow. don't want to pay for that movie, but no, like, <sighs> it, it, you know what? Like, they had such an opportunity to to make it good after it had countless all the reshoots. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? You've just you just left it. I think they kind of gave up with it. What a shame, because it seemed like it was going to be so different in the first trailers. We got Demon Bear, and then it just apparently was shit. So it lives on the list and not the best five. I'm really Literally. surprised that none of these you've mentioned as being on your list. Because Well, because well, I, I, I went like picked. worst films of the year, and I try not to pick stuff that I haven't seen. Okay, right. Well, should we hear your worst five? Yeah. So I've... I've actually only got four because I had a TV series on the list, and I can't think of another like okay. We can mention number that. five. That's fine. That's fine. We can, we um, can say that. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go from least worst to worse from what like I I feel it. So least worst, but definitely bad. Hoobie Halloween, Adam Sandler's Halloween comedy. Oh, I never watched. Oh this. god. Like I wish I didn't. Like it was just trash. Like. The joke of his character, like, having a weird voice and a flask and everything like that grows old after about ten minutes. Mm. The jokes just don't carry it enough, and the plot is just meh. Like, you can tell it's just one of the films that he's contractually obliged to make for Netflix at this point. Mm. Like, we... And especially, like, the year after Uncut Gems. Yeah. Like, Adam Sandler, choose your projects. Like, I know... I know Netflix made a deal with Happy Madison to make like 12 comedy films or something like that. Doesn't mean you need to just crank them out in the first two years to make the most bang for your book. Like that, I think that's what hit like Adam Sandler and Happy Madison are doing. They're trying to make the quickest, cheapest films just to get like the most value for money on like the deal with Netflix. Yeah. But with a film like Uncut Gems has just come out and like that could have saved. Adam Sandler's career. Yeah, make Uncut Gems could genuinely could have. And then he comes out with a film like Hoobie Halloween. <laughs> and you're just left shaking your head. Just yeah. like, why? It's like really good in Uncut. Like, it's such a different role for I checked, him. I checked the year of Uncut Gems to see whether I could put it in my honourable mentions on my top five, but it was 2019. Yeah. And I was like, that's a shame because that was a good film. Yeah, um, yeah. So, yeah, that's in my number five position. Number four, Eurovision. Okay, you might notice a trend that yeah. most of these are actually Netflix properties because they're the only people that put fucking movies out yeah. this year. Again, these are films that I heard were trash and never watched. So thank God okay. you've took one for the team and watched them, mate. So Eurovision, like, this was, this was like when it came out, there was nothing else to do. It was a Friday night. I had a large pizza in. And we just wanted to watch a new comedy. And like Will Ferrell, I was like, Eurovision is trashy anyway, but it's trashy in a way that we all watch it every year just because it's a laugh and there's going to be memes at the end of it. So I thought, oh, maybe Will Ferrell could do the same thing for the film version. Do you know what? If this was done by different people with still Will Ferrell in, it probably could have been like a Blades of Glory. 
You know, you know what I mean. Like, yeah, Blaze yeah. of Glory is not like a titan of comedy, but it's a good laugh, and you can watch it, or yeah. like semi-pro or something like that. It could have been like one of those Will Ferrell-led comedies about like an event or a competition or something like that. He's done a few, mm-hmm. like, and it could have been up there. But honestly, I think I said it to you on the podcast when we did what we've been watching. It felt like it was filmed and edited by like a college student. Yeah, it was like. The scenes just had no pace into it. It was slow as fuck. Everything was dead wide and weirdly lit. Like, it was just such, like, a monotone plane lighting and everything. Like, it was horrible to watch. And, like, it really affected the jokes. Like, some of the jokes that should have happened in there, like they would have landed so much fucking better if it was shot differently or edited differently. Like, snappy edits, like, comedy, like, and especially Will Ferrell comedies, it's about pacing and about getting to the next joke quickly enough, or, like, if the jokes are interlinked, you you make them happen, don't you, so that you build on the laughs, everything's in, like, a rule of threes and stuff like that. Mm. But it's just so slow, and, like, it, it, it was a disappointment, because at the end of it, I was like, there could have been a good film there if they got somebody different to shoot and edit it. Yeah. There really could have been, um, like, at least a decent comedy that you could watch at least twice. Like, I watched it once, and I was like, I'm done for life. (laughs) Which, for a Will Ferrell comedy, like, I tend to like to go back to Will Ferrell comedies. Yeah, yeah, I get it. Um, So, yeah, Eurovision was number four. Number three, again a Netflix film, again a bad comedy, Holiday. This came out, like, just before Christmas. Holiday. Oh, okay, so I didn't I watch even, this film. I haven't even heard of it. Okay, so it's got Emma Roberts in, and it's got a guy that you see in loads of films. He was he was a um, nuke in Jessica Jones. Do you remember the like the American soldier boyfriend that pops the pills to get like roided out? Oh yeah, Jessica yeah, Jones. Yeah. I, yeah, I can't yeah. remember what his name is, but he's in it. And it's meant to be, like, this romantic comedy taking you through all the different, like, holidays and stuff like that. It's like, oh, what if you just get, like, it's, it's a booty call, but it's only for, like, holidays and occasions where, like, you know, your family will be like, oh, no, girlfriend this year type thing. Okay. But it's just, it's flat and there's zero chemistry and they're just forcing everything. And, like, the crooks, like, you know, the pinnacle moment of, like, these rom-com things and there's, like, an inciting incident that, like, makes the romance finally happen and so like they you... realize that they're made for each other like it's like the final meet cute so like a meet cute is like when like a couple meet in a film so, and stuff uh, like that what, what you're saying is it's like a quarter of love uh sorry christmas with the coopers but worse <laughs> kind of yeah uh like the like the moment that makes them both realize that they're in love and they're not just a booty call is when Emma Roberts' character literally shits herself in front of him. Wow! Incredible. Like, <laughs> like well, she literally shits herself at the end of a Halloween party. Well, I never. Heard and he of literally it has to clean now. shit off her, and this is like, oh, I love you because I wiped your own shit off you, and then we had sex the morning after. Yeah, okay, well, I'm glad I never heard of it, and I'm, you know, I'm glad you've told me about it, so that if I do see it, I won't watch it. Yeah, don't bother. Like, it's definitely one that, like, somebody's girlfriend's going to ask them to watch. Just watch Love Actually or something different instead. (laughs) (laughs) There's plenty of better rom-coms out there, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Yeah, Okay, number two, 
the old guard. Oh, I do remember this. And you know what? Do you remember when we were about to make an episode on this and then we both watched it and we were like, that was so dog shit, I don't want to talk about it. So, so quickly with this, I watched like 10 minutes of it. I watched the bit where they all get killed and stand back up again at the beginning. Oh, you mean the only good scene? (laughs) Yeah, and then... I remember, I like my dad was watching it, and he, you know how my dad loves a good like <laughs> shit action film. No, uh, no, your dad loves to fast forward to just the action scenes in a shit oh, action sorry, film. No, my dad likes to just watch the main clips on YouTube and say <laughs> so, that infuriates <laughs> me so much. Uh, uh, anyway, he watches a film on fast forward. I watched the end of it. Speed run movies. Like, yeah, I've not missed much at all. I love. The oh, fact I didn't even the, bother watching the end of it. I love the fact that the main bad guy was uh, Harry Melling, um, who's bloody Dudley, <laughs> Dudley. in uh, Harry Potter, and he was like, he's like meant to be this like. Do you know what? He had quite a good year last year. Oh, he did. Like, yeah, in all yeah. fairness, he was in. He was in. Uh, what's the Golden Compass? Uh, His Art Materials. Yeah, he, he was did, in War of the, the Worlds on BBC. Devil All the Time. He did Devil All the Time. Like, he had such a good year, and he was just in, like, it had Chiwetel Ejiofor in. Oh, it yeah. had Charlize Theron in. Like, this cast was, like, shit hot. And then I didn't I didn't make it past an hour in, because, it, like, I paused it at an hour in, and I thought I was only, like, 15 minutes in. It took an hour in to get the opening exposition out of the way. Like, the inciting incident happens over halfway into the film. <laughs> I was like, it was just mind-numbing. And most yeah. of it was just people talking about how they've lived a million lifetimes. It's like, how about you show us some shit? Like, it was literally all just tell, don't show. And it's like, that's the opposite of screenwriting 101. I was like, it was just mind on it. And the fight scenes weren't even good. Like, it gets to, like, an hour in. And, like, the team's been found for, like, the second time. You're over halfway through. And, like, you're trying to raise the stakes now. Like, so the team get found again. They've just recruited the new girl and stuff like this. So Charlize Theron's like, Aight, boys, I'm going to go out on a limit. I'm going to take this entire, like, SAS team down by myself. And it's just slow, crap editing. Like, the fight moves that she was doing were cool, and you could tell that Charlize Theron was doing most of this fight scene for herself. She was doing, like, 99% of it. She probably wasn't doing all, like, the falls and stuff like that, but she was doing all the hand-to-hand stuff, because they cut in close for that shit. Like, but the editing, I was just like, this fight scene feels like it's been an hour long, and she's only killed, like, two guys. Yeah. And... It was just it was just bad and like I remember we all saw the trailer and we were like, Okay. Charlie's Theron playing an immortal fucking like mercenary badass with a cool axe and we were like, Okay, okay. It's okay. such a shame because you look at her in Mad Max Fury Road, right? <laughs> exactly. You like look even her... Atomic Blonde was better than this. Yeah, but then she she's just come off the back of Bombshell, which was a really good film. And I'll tell you, she's she's been a producer on Mindhunter as well. So she's mm-hmm. she's been involved with some really good stuff. And then you have this, and it's like, oh, why? It was just mind-numbing. I didn't make it. I think I was like 70 minutes in. After that fight scene finally fucking ended, I turned it off, and I was like, I no, just no. Yeah, amen. Um, amen. So, so, yeah, this is literally like my... Like worst <laughs> list of twenty twenty. I want to know what your number one is. What's your number okay, one? number one is a series 
like I've just realised all five of these are all Netflix. Sorry, Netflix. You put yeah. out some good shit and then you toss out a load of other trash shit to fill the void before the next good series comes out again. The Goop Lab. The what? The Goop Lab. You know, um, I'm sorry. Gwyneth, Pal- uh, not, uh, Gwyneth Paltrow's Goop Company. They made a Netflix series called The Goop Lab. The Holy Goop Lab. fucking shit. Yeah, so it's basically like... So her company, they put out like weird products and they're all about like new medicines and all this sort of shit. Like she sells like a jade egg to put in your vagina that's apparently meant to heal your soul or something, but it's actually quite dangerous for you. Um, okay. She sm- sells like vagina scented candles and stuff like that. I, I want to know how, how you ended up watching this, Chris. Because you- I, I heard that shit was stupid in it, so I watched it and shit was stupider than I thought. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so like... Like, so every episode, they're, like, trying, like, this new thing that's, like, meant to, like, enhance your life in some way, like, trying mushrooms or, um, like, new age, like, aura therapy where people hover the hands close to your body or, like, going diving in a frozen lake naked like and shit like that. a wellness experiment thing. Yeah, right? yeah, literally. And, but, so, like, in the first two minutes of every episode, they introduce experts on the subject, like, well, not on the subject, experts on, like, your body, like, they're testing, like, mental health and stuff like that. So they get the best mental health experts in the world and stuff like that in there. And the, they literally, like, if they say that, like, they'll say that it's not a good thing, this therapy that they're trying out, they'll say, like, this is bad and potentially harmful, and they'll never cut to the expert for the rest of the thing ever again. Or they they will literally just take the one clip where the expert said, this could potentially work. And then they'll get, like, this new age therapist in to just fucking, like, talk shit towards the, like, the expert. And then they just go and do the thing anyway. And then because she's got all her goop women and, like, fellas and stuff like that to, like, go on this whole adventure and stuff. And, like, they all just, like, leave it. Even if, like, the shit didn't work, they'll be like, oh, but the experience... Oh, so like they're literally just trying to sell these experiences that they've said themselves don't work, but they're trying to make it out as if like all this new age therapy is the best thing in the world. Like two minutes ago, you said nothing happened for you, but now you're telling everybody they should go spend two grand on this retreat. Like, or just like if it did, it worked for them, but the scientists have said this is potentially dangerous for most people. They'll be like, you should all go do it right now. It's like, this show actually probably harmed more people, like like physically and mentally harmed people. <laughs> oh dear. Well, uh, right. Yep. Sounds like a and, definite number one. Uh, and do you know what's more annoying? Because like a couple months ago, I watched um, uh, Royal Tenenbaums. I think I'll, she's in, and I just watched Iron Man, and I'm like, Gwyneth Paltrow can be a good actress, yeah. and then all she gets is a shit reputation because of this goop fucking bollocks all the time i'm like gwyneth just stick to what you're good at just make good films like she is good as pepper pots stay away from jade eggs (laughs) just don't put jade eggs in your vagina (laughs) chris doesn't need to be seeing that (laughs) you don't see that on the series girlfriend wouldn't appreciate it (laughs) i remember talking to charlotte about it at the time i was just there like why are they selling vagina scented candles? <laughs> like, it feels like what? Oh, I can't even remember what the film is. There's like a novel and then a film from like 
the early 90s and it was like this like new feminist like um like movement and stuff like that which the movement in itself was like mostly good but like there's this novel and film came out of it and like somebody starts like wearing their own vaginal fluids as perfume and stuff like that and i'm like you're just giving every feminist a weird fucking name right now shall we move on (laughs) yes please (laughs) right do you want to take it away with your top and i'll let you know if anything comes up in mine as well okay so we're taking series out of this so Number five now is Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Okay, I haven't seen this yet. Looking forward to it. Chadwick Boseman's this... final theatrical appearance, isn't it? I genuinely choked up multiple times during this film because he was so good at acting. Like, genuinely, like, he has a monologue. So, this is based on um, a play by the same guy that made Fences, and it's the same like production team that made fences and stuff and you can tell by the script like it's pretty much most of the film is just set in two rooms and it's like a constant like it's during the like one recording session um and chadwick boseman and these other black male characters are um the band and then you've got viola davis who is phenomenal in this um is ma rainey and they are black actors like working in like the music industry and obviously they're getting exploited to fuck but it's these like different outlooks on race and oppression and you hit, start to hear like multiple of these characters backstories and their lives and stuff like that and what's happened to them to get into this point and to their views in life and stuff like that and Chadwick Boseman's character um Levy has this monologue about how his mum was um raped and abused while he was like eight years old and he was in the house when it happened and his dad then died trying to kill the men that did this to his mum and it's like a 10 minute monologue and most of it like it has cut away to see character reactions and stuff like that but most of it's done in long takes and genuinely like he is breaking down and he is crying in that scene and like he's showing this chest scar and everything like that and the way he delivers the lines I didn't know if I was more upset for the character or I was the fact that Chadwick Boseman is no longer with us and he can't act like that in films anymore. I like I'm getting upset thinking about it like his death was like the worst part of 2020 apart from coronavirus like for the world of film he was the biggest loss of 2020 genuinely. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's, that's fair. The film is phenomenal for his and Viola Davis his and Viola Davis's performances like genuinely i'm so glad that i watched this before we did this top five because it's it's got to be in there now yeah um it was genuinely like absolutely stunning such a good film amen can't wait to watch it um definitely everybody needs to watch it oh anyway after that i got the trial of the chicago seven on here i was very tempted to put this on the list i was very tempted um, so I don't know why me, I didn't, but there you go. For me, I was thinking, I was like, there were plenty of films that came out this year that I liked and stuff like this, but I was trying to think of films that, I th- because not many of like the Oscar-worthy or like the cinematic or the true love of filmmaking films were released to most, most people. Like we said, a lot of them are like small releases in the few cinemas that are open in America so that they can be put out there for awards like first cow and i'm seeing some some other films like that and stuff like that which probably are better films and stuff like this but the trial of chicago 7 although i've seen other films that i might re-watch more 
this film had a shit hot script and like each one of like the films on my list like I, I thought of it for like different reasons like this was like the best script of the year this was like the best cinematography of the year and stuff like that so trial of the chicago seven the script for that aaron sorkins that was shit hot yeah it was, it was awesome. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't have a bad thing to say about this film. I don't know why it's not in my um, my roundup of uh, my top. It's not in my top five. It's definitely an honourable mention. I'm um, intrigued to see what's on your top five now because two of mine already haven't been on yours. So that's because, interesting. Because I wanted, I don't know, I wanted to have a bit of an eclectic mix of films. I didn't want to just have like a bunch of like, I don't know, a bunch like, of Oscar films. Yeah, like, I didn't want to yeah. just have a bunch of Oscar highbrow. Films. Yes. I wanted yeah. to have like what was a really good action film, what was a really good animated film, what was a really good like heart hitting film, what was a good tense film, mm-hmm. what was a good visual spectacle. I kind of wanted to like have a have almost like something that fits into different categories almost. That's um, where a few of my honourable mentions have gone. They were so close, like yeah. like there's a film that I'll talk about later on, which I was not expecting to even consider within my top five films, and I was like that was a shit hot fucking action film, that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Trial of Chicago 7, fantastically acted, like we talked about at length in the episode. Uh, a lot of the, uh, well, a lot of these best films for me, we've done episodes on, so go back and listen to those episodes because they're all great films and they deserve to be talked about for yeah. like a full hour. And so you can Chicago- trust us. You can trust us. We didn't do an episode on The Old Guard, so you can trust us to do episodes <laughs> on things that are good. Yeah. So. Like we said, like, Chicago 7, the script was just shit hot. And, like, I just remember, like, the joy of cinema after watching it. I uh, finished watching it. I was like, that was a fucking shit hot film. I'm glad it came out. uh, I'm glad that it came out on Netflix so we got to see it this year. Yeah. Like, um, yeah. Just go check it out. The acting's fantastic in it. The script's fantastic in it. And wasn't it Aaron Sorkin's directorial debut as well? Or maybe uh, not his de- ooh, debut, but sure. he, he directed it as well, didn't he? Yeah. Um, and, yeah, it's great. Um, number three, then, uh, I've got The Five Bloods. Oh, that lives in an honourable mention for me as okay. well. Yeah. So, again, Chadwick Boseman was in this, but very small, but... This film, I was just like, this is a good film, and it's a rewatchable Spike Lee joint. Like, it felt good, and it's got great actors in there that I love. Um, the narrative was engaging enough and exciting enough that, like, you stuck with it. Um, and there was a lot to be said about um, race and stuff in that film, along with Ma Rainey and stuff like that. Um, yeah, it just really stuck with me, The Five Bloods. Like, it was it would be like such a big like film that more people would probably be talking about um if it wasn't on a streaming service you know what i mean like it, yeah i yeah. feel like some films sometimes get a bad rap cuz on a streaming service but this one was like this is like spike lee doing spike lee and it it's just great um i don't know what else to say do you have anything to say about the five bloods um, that yeah, we haven't the five bloods said already was like a really really great film um i just think it kind of it kind of slipped the top five for me for the year of films that kind of stood out. 
Um, just because I kind of I kind of forgot the Five Bloods came out this year. I thought it was like <laughs> to the right back end of 2019. It, it was in the middle of summer, mate. It was like yeah, June or July. that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah crazy. But yeah, 2020 no, was a hard year, bro. It was a hard year, bro. <laughs> uh, but no, like you know, it was awesome. It was such a good film. I, I just yeah, I, I think it hit. I haven't got a bad thing to say. If I could have had a top six, it would have been in the top six. Yeah, definitely. I think. I think the reason it probably missed out of your list was because, like you've said, you've gone for like a bit more of like you wanted to get some animated films and there, you wanted to get like yeah. an action film and there, you wanted to cover most genres and stuff. We did toy around, like I said to you, do we do like top five films of like genres or groups on genres together yeah. and stuff like that? Because there are more films that I wanted to talk about which just don't hit the top five, but they're in my honourable mentions. We also didn't want to be here for like five hours, so... Oh, no, definitely. It would have just been like, you know, when we ran off the Oscars and it was just there like, this, this, this was nominated, this one won. Okay, next one, this, this, this. Yeah, literally. (laughs) Like, we wanted to be able to talk about these films a bit. Okay, next up, 1917. The number 1917 didn't come out this year. 2020, wasn't it? Nope, didn't come out this year. Huh? It is a 2019 film. I think we discussed this the other day. Didn't it come out in January in the UK? 4th of December 2019 it came out. In the UK? Yep. Uh, USA it came out 10th of January. Mm, There we go. Because didn't we have this conversation on the quiz um, episode? Yep. It was was going to be in mine. Um, However, it came out um i think it's oh in fact am i getting it wrong that it came out december on streaming but then it hit theaters on the 10th of january no this didn't come out on streaming uh look imdb has it down as a 2019 film so however it was originally in my top uh top films Because we discussed it, like, the day we went to see it at the cinema. (laughs) I thought it came out very close to Joker. Mm. But I have it as um, the UK. It was released on the 4th of December. I think that was advanced screenings, though. It came out in the US in January. Yeah, it did. I think it widely released. um, Premiered in the UK on the 4th of December and was released theatrically in the United States on the 25th of December and in the United Kingdom on the 10th of January 2020. Okay, fair enough. Yep. Uh, <laughs> okay. See, yeah, because well. this is this is something that's going to come into play with my other one. Like, Because we only did the podcast in 2020. Okay. So I was like, if right. we covered it on the podcast... like, Yeah, I'm removing one of my choices and chucking it into special mentions then, and I'm going to agree that I had 1917 on okay. the list. Because it came out... Because... Very, we'll say it came out very beginning of the year. Um, yeah, 10th of yeah. January it came out yeah. in cinemas. It, 100%. it got pre- premiered. That was a cinematic marvel. Incredible film. Like, Absolutely phenomenal film. Dean Charles Chapman and George McKay, if they were going to do one film for their whole entire career and not do anything <laughs> else, they could rest easy knowing that they did 1917. Definitely, like... What it was a breathtaking! What it genuinely a movie. was like I, when we were sat in the cinema. I was on pins in that film for a lot of it because it was just so tense. Like I feel but it like was just, oh. I feel like I didn't breathe for most of that film. No, 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 no. 
No, you do not breathe in 1917. <laughs> you hold your breath, man. You hold <laughs> it, and oh, bro, it was just so such a good film. Just like, so I was, good. What I was saying was like we've had other one take films before. It's not an original concept, but. Of this scale, telling this story, like, shot like this, was just near impossible. Like, the fact, like, they had to make a decision to only shoot drawing overcast and, like, only, like, they had to take the world into, like, they had to keep continuity with the world and nature, as well as, like, the way they made the film. It was mind-boggling. Like, Roger Deakins has finally got a knighthood. And I think this film was partially to play for that. Like, oh, yeah. bravo. Like, yeah. you finally got, like, an MBE, is it? Or something like that. Like, fair play, man. Like, Roger Deakins is a phenomenal cinematographer. And, man, I can't wait to see what he does next. Yeah, it's just... I cannot agree more. Just what a film. Just Like, this swept yeah. the Oscars and the awards and stuff like this. There was this and another film that I might be mentioning. Um, it got all the awards for everything because it just fucking deserved it. Like, this was a cinematic experience. Like, this is like how Tenet could have been if we understood all the dialogue. <laughs> yeah, now <laughs> like, I'll, I'll level with you. What I just got rid of to put 1917 back in here, um, because we both agreed it would count as a 2020 movie, is I got rid of uh, Tenet. So Tenet lives in my honourable mentions. Now, the reason it's in there is not because I understand the film, but because visually there was a lot of moments in that film where I was just like, whoa, 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 whoa. And it was very cleverly done, but just a little, probably yeah. a little bit too clever for my tiny mind anyway, put it that way. I think I think the biggest issue with Tenet was the inaudible dialogue for the first like half of the film. Oh, yeah. And probably. that really like hindered everybody's understanding of it. Like, it doesn't... Like, if you can get the rough, broad strokes, though, it's still such a good film. And it narrowly missed out on my top five, but I thought there was enough of a mixed decision on Tenet that it shouldn't be in my top five. Um, but it was a phenomenal film that I am excited to watch again. What is that? What um, else is in your top five? My number one place. Because we decided it was okay before this because it didn't release in the UK until February is Parasite. Yes. Because I just want to talk about Parasite some more. I know it came out at the, at the end of 2019 in the rest of the world, but we didn't get it until February in the UK, just before the Oscars came out. And holy shit, bro. What a movie. Like, everything we've spoken about, the cinematography, the script, the acting... Everything like that was on point for Parasite. And we watched it with subtitles. <laughs> and it like, was still that's better another than thing. a lot of the shit that what, came out this year. What it, what it did for foreign language films, for the mass audiences, is like, we've been waiting for this breakthrough hit where everybody was talking about it. It was the first foreign language film to win the Best Picture Oscar. People were willing to make it through subtitles to watch this film and i think everyone's so glad that they fucking did there was so much interesting like visual hints to like the sociology behind shots and stuff like that and like the the social uh, like sociological fucking like implementations of characters and like ah oh, it's just like the, the way that things were presented through a shot to like be like oh look at the transcendent between stairs and levels it's like Oh, mm. 
just Bong Joon Ho's masterpiece. Like, I would say that was like his magnum opus. Like, 100%. Like, after he passes, like, hopefully not for a good long time or something like that, I think unless he blows this one out of the water, this is going to be like the standout number one film that everyone's going to talk about. Like, his other films are great, but this is going to be the one. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Cool. I'm bye. so excited to hear your top five now because I think a few of yours are going to be in my honorable mentions. Okay, right. So I'll start up top with uh, with some of mine. Um, so yeah, obviously I had nineteen seventeen. I had um, Parasite in there. Uh, they're probably sitting at the top upper tier of it. Okay. So for me, one of the best animated films that I've seen this year was Pixar's Soul. Um, incredible film. Absolutely. I'm so gutted that I haven't had a chance to watch it oh, yet. Man, you need to. It's a beautiful film. Like, and the I things it, it touches on, it's so deep, meaningful. It's such a, and it's a Pixar film, and it's visually so beautiful. And it just, there's points in it where it makes you feel a little bit weird. It's got everything about a Pixar film that just touches you <laughs> in just the, such an emotional way. Um, I really enjoyed Soul. Um, and it's Inside Out too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you liked Inside Out, you're gonna love Soul. Um, yeah, it's a brilliant film. It's really good. Me and my girlfriend both sat and watched it. It was just heartwarming, stirring. Um, yeah, it's brilliant. Jamie Fox does such a good job as uh, voicing the jazz musician in there. Um, it's just fantastic. Um, yeah, and uh, Richard Adiode is in there as well as a voice actor. David Diggs is in there as a voice actor. Um, just yeah, it's such a good watch. Um, you'll you'll really enjoy it when you watch it. I, I just know it. Brilliant. Uh, it's rated so high on Rotten Tomatoes right now. It's ninety six percent. Yeah, bro. Um, it's yeah, insane. It is um, fresher than a daisy right now. I couldn't think of another animated film that came out this year that was anywhere close to what everyone's saying about Soul. Mm-mm. I can't it's... think of another animated film that I've watched this year that came out this year. I mean. Mm. No, I can't really, other than Onward, but obviously this, like, I watched oh, yeah, Soul Onward. first, and then I watched Onward, and I was like, yo, Soul was just so much better. It was yeah. just incredible. Um, one Pixar, goes, man. Yeah, yeah. Well, another one that sits in, so, like, we're going kind of to the bottom of the top five at the minute. Um, Extraction, for me, was such a top action film at the beginning of the That's year. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, Extraction's got to be in there as a something that was different from the Russo brothers. That wasn't an Avengers film. Seeing something different from Chris Hemsworth. Um, obviously, seeing uh, a few other Eastern actors that were brilliant in the film as well. Uh, just the action in it just hit different. You know, the bit with the <laughs> it do be uh, hitting different. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, it was. It wasn't cheesy. Um, it felt powerful and yeah things had so much weight in that film like like it felt you were getting punched in the teeth sometimes like oh yeah like that shit did hit different like it was so like this is why i kind of wanted to do like maybe if we did like like action and superhero or something like that just so that i could talk about extraction like it wasn't in my top five films of the year but it was probably the best action film of the year yeah and for me there's there's two that have kind of like (sighs) The problem is, is that I only watched Sound of Metal today, right? And I've got mm-hmm. to tell you, the film is incredible. 
so good such a good movie um but i did my top five before i'd watched it today so it would probably be as an honorable mention like it is definitely up there uh but the last one i had to put in my top five was the devil all the time i was close with that as well yeah because it's an honorable mention for me (laughs) such a departure for tom holland from his spider-man role and Mm -hmm. i watched it twice and the bits in this film where I kind of choked up a little bit were heavy every time I watched it. Um, I just think it was awesome. I thought uh, Robert Patterson's character was creepy and, uh, you know, there was an slimy. Eerie, yeah, it was, there, was, there was a sliminess about him from when he first comes on screen. I loved the kind of, um, you know, the brutal Tom Holland part where he, he goes out and beats those people up. Um, the bullies yeah he goes back and gets yeah. revenge on his bullies and he's kind of looking after his uh looking after his sister and yeah it's just just brutal just absolutely brutal man like i really enjoyed that film for me um like i said i probably maybe would have replaced that with the sound of metal um after watching it today so that mm-hmm. would have well obviously the sound of metal is a bit of a weird one because it came it's not officially out yet in the uk um, so it would have kind of been a 2021 film, I guess. But yeah, no, brutal film, so good. And um, those two both kind of up there for me. Um, so they kind of sit half and half. So I'm being a bit cheeky, really, and putting two, <laughs> an extra one That's in. That's all right. I we'll let like it. it. Yeah, felt like it deserved it. So other than that, um, The Five Bloods was also in my honourable mentions. Um, Tenet was in my honourable mentions. Um, I also wanted to mention, I've not seen it yet, but I'm super eager to watch it, is Minari. Oh, yes. I've seen so many people talking about it. And... I, there's just nowhere that I can watch it at the moment, and that's the that's the one with Stephen Yun in again, isn't it? Yes, uh, Korean. And we talked about the trailer about start a life in like South America, don't they? So yeah, we to- uh, talked about the trailer. I want to watch this film so bad. Um, we, we talked about it in linking with Parasite and stuff, didn't we? Like, um, yeah, like I wanted to watch this. I keep seeing that it's like number one or two on a lot of people's top five of the year. Yeah. Um, Sound of Metal was sometimes if they did a top ten, it was like six. Um, yeah, Sound of Metal's really good. Like I can't encourage you enough to sit down and watch it. Like it'll give you a completely fresh perspective on um, deafness as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's brilliant. It's really good. Yeah, um, honorable mentions for me as well. Then uh, the Invisible Man. I wanted yep. to put on my top five if we did like thrillers or something like that. Uh, just to mention, I'm not, or I didn't. I didn't mention any of the TV series, but I'm sure we'll both agree with the big three TV series. Yeah, we'll do, we'll do year. TV series in a minute then. Yeah. Um, so we did that for the complete opposite reasons of Monster Hunter. I kind of wanted to give an honourable mention to Sonic. Okay, that fair. came out of the game it because it had no right being as kind of good as it was. Like it wasn't the best. <laughs> film but it was definitely one of the best uh comic book films uh, not comic book sorry uh video game movies there's been like and they tie it into the real world which for fuck's sake why did they do it with sonic but it kind of worked it yeah. added like humor to it and stuff and it was quite heartwarming and stuff the redesign like, was better oh the redesign was so much better like i watched it expecting not to like it um but do you know what jim carrey was good in it but he wasn't in it enough but Hopefully in the sequel he'll be in it more. Um, 
and it did kind of work being like Sonic being in the real world a little bit. So for the exact opposite reason of why Monster Hunter was in the dishonorable mentions or in your bottom five, that's yeah. why Sonic gets an honorable mention. Um, any other honorable mentions for films that I can think of? Um, one that I, I wish that I'd about. watched, um, which I'm definitely going to watch, that was apparently really good this year, was Love and Monsters. Uh, it has oh, Ma- yeah. Michael Rucker in it as well. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's something that I'm going to sit down and watch because that, that's apparently really good. Yeah. Um, the Lighthouse would get an honourable mention. It's definitely worth a watch. Um, I wouldn't... I'd try to stay away from all the hype-mongering before it. And just, like, it, it's just, it, it is a good film. Uh, it's just not one of the best films of the year. Um, or last year, I guess. I don't know. It came out in January in the UK. We get films late in the UK, okay? Um, Everything gets aired at premieres in America and, like, one cinema in America for a week so it can be nominated for an award. Literally. Um, Like, there's there's other films, like Pieces of a Woman has just come out um, on Netflix. That's a 2021 film on Netflix, but it's released in a few cinemas, like, throughout December. Yeah. So would that count as a 2020 film or a 2021 film? It was released Mm -hmm. to the mass audience in 2021. That looks great and it's getting great reviews, so I'm excited to watch that. Um, should we do series then? Honourable mentions of series and best series? Uh, yeah, big three that stand out. Uh, <laughs> the Mandalorian Season 2, absolutely. Yes, is, is that, was, that was number two on my list of top five until we said we were doing just movies. Yeah, uh, The Boys Season 2. Yep, Umbrella uh, Academy Season 2. Yeah, it was the, the year for Season 2s. <laughs> absolutely um, phenomenal. Clone Wars Season 7. Yeah, yeah, that gets up there definitely. Um, what else? Do you know what? Just for the sheer how it captured the world, Tiger King, like <laughs> for all the shit, like and how like it falsified so much or led you down the wrong path, but just how it captured the entire fucking world and became the only meme for first lockdown, Tiger King, and the fact that everybody seems to have forgotten that it ever happened. <laughs> <laughs> in like the last three months all the memes have disappeared everyone stopped talking about it and stopped referencing it finally there's, there's reviews right now being like personally i don't understand the hype of it but guys if when it released on the 20th of march in 2020 if you were around you, right then you didn't have anything else to get you through <laughs> other than tuning in and binging tiger it was, king it was literally like a week episodes. before the uk went into full lockdown like it was literally, literally a week before and everyone was in turmoil for a week and then tiger king came out and everyone was unified again and this and this just made you it just yeah it just gave you something to to absolutely just cling on to you know and mm-hmm. just a bit of drama and a bit of just just bizarreness yeah yeah it was what definitely. we needed it was what oh, we needed in March of 2020. Definitely. One other film that I wanted to mention real quick, because this blew my mind. Japan now has a new highest grossing movie of all time, um, as of like the end of last year, and it's Demon Slayer, the movie. So this is an anime movie, which hasn't released in the rest of the world yet, but it's the highest grossing movie of all time in uh, Japan. During a year of lockdown and no tourism or anything, Like this is the highest grossing movie in Japan of all time. And that's kind of blowing my mind. Uh, the rate, like, the reviews on it are absolutely phenomenal. Look at the Google exactly. reviews on it. Um, 
I believe it's coming to a streaming platform in the UK soon. I know the series is coming to Netflix, I think, in the next couple of weeks. Okay, cool. So, I, it, it was just something I wanted to talk about. I was thinking maybe um, in 2021 we could do a quick maybe um, uh, section at the beginning with the news of maybe what's in the box office. Yeah, um, maybe. Um, maybe what, just a quick forgot, little... Ooh. One thing I forgot to mention when we were talking about the devil all the time... Um, they've released a new clip for Cherry, by the way. I don't know whether you've seen it. The um, I've not seen it. I've heard a lot about it, though. Yeah, it's um, yeah, it looks very good. It sets the tone for what you're going to expect from the movie. But we'll, Tom we'll Holland, talk- Tom yeah. Holland, for some scenes gained thirty pounds, and then for other scenes he lost. He went back to his normal weight and then lost thirty pounds for other scenes. Yeah, like, we'll, uh, that's kind of crazy. We'll watch Demon this Slayer movie is on a hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Woof. 100%. Is there another film with 100%? <laughs> Holy shit. That's crazy. <laughs> it's been reported in The Guardian and The Times and stuff like that. It's fucking an anime movie. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, also, w- worst five of the year. I completely forgot I was going to put it on my list. The fucking Pokemon, the first movie remake. Holy shit. That thing made me feel nauseated watching it. Right. And <laughs> I just wanted to mention that. End the that podcast. Absolute bombshell. <laughs> We're going to end it. <laughs> Why do I end all of our podcast episodes like it's an episode of Top Gear? I don't, think I don't know. It's just sort of happened in the last couple of weeks. I know. And I on that bombshell, other... it's time to end the show. <laughs> I don't think there's any other better way of ending it. I think it's just. Honorable kind of mention ending... to James Mayzo Cook. <laughs> it's the Honorable, only cooking yes. show that I've actually cooked a recipe of. Honorable mention to James Mayzo Cook. I bought the little uh, poached egg things that he used, by the way. The little, uh, <laughs> I'm actually going to buy the cookbook because I've cooked two things off the show now, and I'm like, I, there's like an extra 30 recipes in the cookbook. I'm just going to do the, it. You uh, know, the vomiting chicken is like £20 on Amazon. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Atrocious. I love the way we had a bombshell to end it, and now we're talking about a vomiting chicken afterwards. Anyway, that's where we're going to wrap up the episode. <laughs> a uh, chicken. Let us know what you thought about our best and maybe not the best uh, five this year, last year. What am I saying? Let us know what you thought. Did you agree? Did you disagree? Let us know. Hit us up Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at Get Real Pod. Uh, we love to hear what you guys think. If you want to tune in and let us know, uh, Chris, how else can people uh, support the pod? Support the podcast by leaving us a rate and review on all your favorite podcast networks if you head to Podchaser, you can leave us a rate and review on there syndicate it to all the other platforms don't forget to follow us on spotify so you're notified when a new episode comes out also don't forget to check out the get real gaming boys uh, they're Absolutely. doing great things over there um hopefully more things to come from the pair of us combined, and also them carrying on great things in 2021. Uh, they've also done another top and bottom of 2020, haven't they, for games? Yeah. Um, so check that out. Also, go back and check out the quiz episodes that we did on both of our podcasts. They were a hell of a lot of fun. Um, yeah. And yeah, thanks, guys. Thanks, thanks for guys. 2020. 2021's getting off to a better start. Thank you very much for tuning in. Make sure you're all staying safe out there. COVID will be gone eventually, we hope, and we will catch you next week. Bye-bye now.